Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Get a reliable internet and voice solution starting at $64.90 a month for 12 months for two years. Call or go online today. Restrictions apply. New customers only 25 megabits per second service on one voice line. Early termination fee applies. Equivalent installation tax and fees extra and subject to change. Call for details. morning guys this is rob kelly dr rob kelly the addiction doctor great to be with you it's wednesday it's just after nine o'clock what a fantastic day it's going to be today it's kind of overcast today in san antonio so guys in manchester england you can laugh all day at us it's been raining like crazy what a day how are you doing jen good to see you Good to see you. I'm doing really well. It is uh, sunny, but the fire wildfires here have got us very smoky. Oh yeah. So you're safe though. Are you safe? Yeah. So I'm on, I'm on an island. Not much can get me, unless we have an earthquake. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's a bit overcast there. Like I said, the, the temperatures. I can't get used to it raining and still being hot because when it rains in the United Kingdom, and I've not been living there for years, it's freezing cold. So when it first rained over here, I'd be out there and uh, with my coat in and my, my boots on. It'd be like 105 degrees. It's crazy. I know that is crazy. Um, so I'm curious, like, what's going on with the glasses? They're like super interesting. When, they when are, did you? Well, I, you know, I got a call off Elton John the other day, and he said to me, Rob. You need some glasses. I'm going to send you some glasses. So these are actually from Elton John. And he sent them me. And I had the lenses put in. But uh, I just think that they're not as big as I wanted them to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they put the screen, they go, oh, my God, there's that crazy guy, that crazy doctor. What's his name? I, I don't know. know. He had the big glasses on. I think that's really true. I think that's so that you can see, like, right through people and all their bullshit. I think that's I what can. it is. I can, absolutely can. <laughs> Fantastic day today, guys. Don't forget, we've got something coming up on the coaching side. You will hear all about it. For those guys that are listening today on Facebook Live, you lucky people, you. The rest of the guys tonight, 7 and 8 p.m. around the country, 65 platforms. You'll be able to listen to the show. There'll be some giveaways later, as we usually do. But today, guys, on Facebook Live, you're going to have a treat today, guys, because you get to hear it first. You've heard of the Dope Doctor. You've heard of Louis is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad that he came on today. We got him kind of by default because, uh, first of all, he's a very, very busy guy. But secondly, we stuck him a friendship some, some weeks ago, and it feels like it's been some years ago now. Just love this guy. He knows what he's talking about. He's down to earth. He's lived on the streets. Unbelievable, Jen. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to speaking to this guy, aren't you? I know. I'm, I'm really, actually really excited. Just a tiny little glimpse. I'm like, ooh, I need to spend at least a half a day talking to you. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing. So listen, guys, uh, the Dope Doctor's coming up in two seconds, meeting the uh, Addiction Doctor and Jennifer Lovely. And don't forget, guys, uh, stick around for at least 10 seconds because you're going to love this guy. <laughs>
Welcome back, guys. Breaking Through Addiction every nine o'clock on a Wednesday. The Dope Doctor's in the house. What's up, what's up? How are you doing? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, sir. It is. For those who don't know, uh, the Dope Doctor, Louis, is a columnist at Brevard Live magazine. He's also the founder of Now Matters More Foundation and one of my favorite uh, TV and radio programs, The Couch Live. He's the host there. I've been there a couple of times. Absolutely amazing. Welcome yeah, to the yeah, show, Louis. Great to have you, my man. What's going on? Oh, it's it's a beautiful day, man. Thank you very much for inviting me. This is awesome. I get to meet Jennifer. I How know, you doing, Jennifer. I'm good, and I feel like I need to be like the love doctor or something in between the. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if that was your real name or if it was like Jennifer Rabbit kind of thing. You know, like right. that was your nickname. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I've been this name since I was 18. So. Okay. I just decided I was just going to keep it. Plus, my kids, that's their last name. I never wanted to change it because of them. So here I am. And it seems like it works. It's a cool name. I'd keep it too. You know, it doesn't matter who it came with. As long as you like it, just it's yours now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I don't think his wife likes it too much, but it's, yeah. All <laughs> yeah, it's all lovely. It's all lovely. <laughs> so I'm super, super curious about you and your uh -oh. story. I mean, I the the best part of doing this work is hearing the stories of where you were and where you are today, right? And and really, what matters is the presence of where you are today. But I gotta ask, tell me a little bit about your story because it's intriguing. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know, um, you know, for the first few years of recovery, I didn't want to talk about it because I was raised to be silent. You know, not only are you raised to be silent about addiction or family issues, but you're raised to be silent about criminal activity. And so I started really young, although I come from good, let me preface this all by, I come from great parents. My father's a command sergeant major retired. Uh, my mother, department of defense. Uh, mm -hmm. They did very well. Both of them come from other countries. My, my mother's from Mexico. My father's from Puerto Rico. But those links became important because since my father was always traveling, you know, I mean, he was always uh, fighting some war, some conflict somewhere. And so we were left alone a lot. And so uh, I, very young, started drinking alcohol at nine years old. I didn't know how to deal with, you know, my father being gone. I didn't know how to deal with always being the new kid. I didn't know how to deal with just life in general or whatever I was going through. So I started drinking at nine. And that brought me into just being mischievous. And by being mischievous, I got recruited at 11 years old into uh, the marijuana business. And so uh, once I started uh, selling pot, I mean, I started selling pot the day I started smoking it. So um, I was really good at that. I, I found something I was really good at. Uh, even though it's really hard to get other, I got to tell you, it's really hard to get other 11 year olds to buy weed. Uh, it wasn't an easy task. So, you know, when you can get little kids to, to buy drugs, it, you know, uh, that, that, you know, haven't even drank yet, um, you know, uh, it, it meant something. So pretty soon, next thing you know, within that same year, I started going on my motorcycle over to Juarez, Mexico and getting it myself uh, and then got involved with trafficking. And so here I was at 12 years old just doing things that, that I didn't think were possible. You know, you know, you watch the movies and, you know, the Italians had their thing, you know, but, but when I found out that we had our own thing and that because of my, my, my relationships, my family and, and, and who I could, who they knew my family to be or what they thought them to be, whatever, whatever it is, uh, it gave me a sense of uh, control, a sense of power. So I, I, I use that. I used that to my advantage, and next thing you know, I was uh, I was deep in it. And by 15 years old, everything switched to co uh, to cocaine. I started uh, bringing in cocaine and, and trafficking that around. And then by 17, I was arrested for two counts of attempted murder in my senior year of high school, and I got uh, told to leave. 
Uh, I got my my diploma. It's weird because that wouldn't happen today, right? Right. They gave me my diploma, but they said, just don't come back. Just you're not allowed back. Matter of fact, um, I was told to leave the state of Texas uh, for a period of time until it all blew over, which it did. Six months later, it all blew over. Uh, We're frozen a little bit. Oh. I think we froze, Jen. Give him a couple of seconds to come back in. That was an interesting part of the story as well. It just comes to the part where I've got my breath held and going, oh my goodness, what's coming next? <laughs> and he decided to freeze. Oh my God. Oh, there it goes. Louis, we was we was sat there with bated breath and it just froze as you were as you were asked to leave Texas. This is this is I think it's the federal government. Every time I start talking about this stuff, they, they, they <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. So, yeah. so <laughs> I've got a question for you. So with all this going on in the, let's forget about the cocaine and forget about the drugs and the smuggling and the bad right. stuff that we all used to do. Right. Okay. Right. Do you miss them days? Do you miss that when you walk in a room, having that much power as a young kid, being able to buy what you want? Do you miss them days? Oh, Man, what's with my, what's my internet connection here? Um, you know, I used to, I don't anymore. Um, I'm really shocked that I don't because I used to a lot. I used to really miss the lifestyle uh, more than anything else. The, the ability to do and say whatever you want, go wherever you want. I mean, I was going to Vegas at 15 years old and feeling like a big shot. You know what I mean? You just walk in and you're hanging out with these goombas. They all have weird nicknames. They're all touchy, grabby. And I'm just a little kid. I didn't know I was such a young looking little kid. And so I look at pictures and go, oh, my God, I barely had one hair on my face. And, and here I was doing that. I mean, it's really sad. It actually makes me kind of emotional sometimes when I look at pictures of my youth. And just to know what that little kid was doing. Um, but it didn't feel like that. I felt old on the inside. I felt so old and mature on the inside. And then I look mm -hmm. at the pictures and I go, that's a little kid. That is a yeah. little kid. What does he know? He doesn't know Shaza. I don't even know if I can cuss on this. Yeah, right? Right. Oh, fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, wow. Louie, you have to ask that question with me with me and Jennifer hosting. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, it's out of respect, Dr. Rob. I mean, I kind of knew, but, you know. We appreciate that. No, we appreciate that. You know, uh, just one more question uh, that I've got because I'm, I'm intrigued about this stuff. So yeah. I know today I was just on this online meeting and, and this girl there that I know doesn't like me and she disrespects me. And the old Rob wants to come out and go, you fucking bitch. You know who you're speaking to? How dare you do that? I will know. I will find out where you live. I'll come down. I'll burn your fucking house down and all this stuff. I mean, do you, do you, do you still get that? Because you, yes. you, yes. you were <laughs> I mean, I belong to a little gang in Manchester. You were the real deal over there. I mean, do, do you ever get to that point where you want to kill somebody again, just yeah, in you your mind? <laughs> you know what? We joke about it, but it's actually very true. The, the hardest thing, the hardest thing is, is really when I'm off my game a little bit and I'm not fully 100% well that day, and we all have those days, right? Unfortunately, my not well days are very dangerous to me and to those around me. So when I'm not well and someone will mouth off or do something I think is really stupid or worse, if they are abusing somebody or taking advantage of somebody, my mind starts tripping. I mean, don't let's not get it twisted. My Remember, I come from the border where my contact, there's a lot of my contact, they're still alive and well on the other side. This is not an over deal. Um, so, so my mind starts playing like says like, you know, let's, we can do something about it. And I got a story attached to that because it actually helped my recovery a great deal by going through this. So I went through a situation early on. I'm going to say, uh, I think it was nine years. Was it nine? Somewhere around there. Uh, no, less, less, less years, maybe four or five years in, four or five years in recovery. And 
somebody had used my name to do something and, and I got really upset because it made me look bad. And, and so an older gentleman, you know, that I respected a great deal in that, in, in the lifestyle, um, his son calls me and says, you know, my dad's upset. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I didn't do anything, man. I've been out for a long time. That's not me. That's not my front. That's not my deal. I don't owe anybody any money. You know, I'm good. I, I've, I've been over here just doing my deal. And when I heard the story, it got really, I got really upset because this person is really close to me and I, and I love the guy. And so I felt like I had to go take care of the situation myself for that man. And, and if I didn't take care of that situation, it would come back and bite me eventually. So it was a really sad moment because I, I actually just left. You know, here I, I was already a counselor, you guys. I was already a counselor. I'm already seeing people in private practice and stuff. And so I drive uh, to, the, to another state on, on a whim and, and, and I'm sitting and I remember sitting on this guy's balcony. I find him and I'm sitting on this guy's balcony and it's all snowing there where I'm at. And I'm just thinking, I'm smoking a cigarette and I'm thinking, I'm about to go inside and, and like totally change my life. You know, I'm about to do something really ridiculous, but I got to do it. Like I'm convincing myself, I got to do it. If I don't do it, I'm never going to break free of this. And, I, and this is the this is the one thing I, I, I if I do this, then, then it's over. Like, you know, and then and I don't have to worry about it. And I prove myself and I can live clean. And I'm sitting there on the balcony and, and I get a phone call. I get a phone call from my mentor in recovery. He's, he, he calls me and he goes, hey, Louis, uh, you just left. You know, what's the deal? And I said, I really can't get into it, man. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry. I'll be back tomorrow. He goes, look, um, whatever you're about to do, don't do it. Whatever it is you're, you're thinking, whatever, whatever's going on, you know, just know I'm here for you. Why don't you just get back in your car and come right back? And I'm getting chills just talking about it right now because I remember that moment. I'm sitting there and I'm literally trying to convince myself that I'm doing the right thing, even though I, logically I knew it wasn't, but, but I, I felt like I knew I was doing the right thing. And Again, another really good part we're about to hear and his internet. I know. Maybe, maybe it's God speaking. It's his higher power. Like stop talking about this. It's either God or the government, one or the other, like you said. <laughs> uh, whatever it was, I'm scared of both. <laughs> Louie, you back with us? No, he's not back yet. I'll come in in a second. Wow. Can you imagine that smuggling at the, that age and, and then bringing across the border at that age? I mean, that is just crazy. Louie, you back? I guess. I don't know what they keep doing to me, man. I don't know what it is. I, I it's really the government. They're, they're, keeping, they're keeping tags on you. Okay, so I, you're on the balcony. You're scared called, of I called and said, please don't do it. What happened then? Did you turn around and go home? Yeah, I took the guy's car instead. I didn't do any harm to His girl didn't like it, but uh, but they signed it over to me and I left and I, I just came home and that was it. And, and 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 from that point forward, no no more favors, no more requests, no more nothing. And and um, you know, it was it was hard, man. You know, it was really hard that day, but but it proved to me the power of friendship in, in here, you know what I mean? Because I'd never done any dirt with the guy that called me, but I will forever love that guy for making that phone call because I don't think he'll ever know. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him to tell him, you know, where I was at that moment. Um, but that moment will stick with me forever. And so what, what I say with that is I think about that sometimes when, when, I, when I'm sitting there and, I, and just someone pops in my head, you know, that I haven't seen in a while. And I'm, wow, I haven't seen him around in a while. I wonder what they're doing. Instead of just sitting there thinking about it, I call them because what if I'm that phone call to them? And I don't know, you know what I mean? It, it, it makes me think about that. Like what came into his mind? Like did my higher power go into his mind and say, call him, Pete, call him. And, and, and I think he saved my life that day, to be honest with you. Wow. I love that story so much. And, you know, it is, it is funny. Like I grew up with um, a father who told me that he was the great Santini every single day. If you don't know who the great Santini was, but I woke up every morning with get up hog. It's time to wake up. And 
told me every day he was more powerful than the president. You hear that enough times that, you know, you start to believe that you are part of something yeah. powerful, right? Yeah. So when my kids were using heroin, I went to their dope dealer's house and was like, I'm gonna get you, you know, it's that thing, it's that power. But I'm really curious, the stories that people tell now, Louis, is like, we, we kind of can live in these stories of our past. Like, yeah. It's powerful to tell, tell really good right. stories, especially right. at AA meetings. Right. And one of the things that I've been reading about is AA has really gotten away from being present in the program. And maybe it's not AA, let's just say recovery in general, right? And yeah. we've gotten really good because people are more interested in the stories. Yeah. How yeah. do you get people as, as now a counselor, as a, a, the dope doctor, how do you get people out of the story and into the presence of really getting present to who they are as a, as a human being? You know, that's a, that's such a great question. And I wish I had a magical answer for that because it's one of the hardest things of, of, of having my kind of story. Um, it's important to me to share because it's important for me. It's almost like, um, it's like bleeding out. It's like it's like being brutally honest by saying I am that piece of shit out there that, that so many people think, you know, that person will never get better. That person is no good, bad to the core. He was bad when he was young. He's bad. He was bad when he's using. He's never going to be good. He's always going to be a liar, cheat, thief, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, um, because I'm not, I think it's important to say, well, wait a minute. I started so young. I was so delinquent, so young. And yet, I, I lived my whole life loving people and I hated people. I mean, I literally hated people. But what, what it is, is that I hated myself. So I get what you're saying because all too often I would get asked, hey, can you come speak to these kids? Come speak to these kids. And, and I used to love doing it and I would go do it. And then the, the only question they would ever ask is, well, did you make a lot of money? And so I realized it's not, it's not so much the story. It's how you tell it and make sure that you bring it back to where it needs to be. But even then, even then, like you guys, like why is Scarface such a cool movie? Why do right. people love the movie Scarface? The dude dies in the end. Really, the dude kills his best friend, has a horrible relationship with his mom and sister. The whole world crumbles, yet we love it mm -hmm. because the way he did it, he just did it so badass. And, and that that is the sadness about this whole deal, that no matter how I can tell my story, no matter how I can tell you how horrible it was to some of the people that I hurt and, and, and to, you know, they'll never have the chance at life the way I had a chance at life and all that stuff and how they were impacted and affected. No matter all that, doesn't matter. The sexiness of how cool it was will always be the sexiness of how cool it was. So the, the reason I say I wish I had a good answer for that is because I don't. What I realize is I have my, my part in this world. And so what I chose to do is I'm here for the people that felt like they were a piece of shit as well, that they did so much dirt that there's no way that this world is going to forgive them. There's no way they're going to love people because they hate people. Like you hear a lot of women go, I hate other women. I hear a lot of guys say, you know, I can't stand people. No, it's because where you're at and how you feel about yourself. So I use my story for those people and I'm not a prevention guy. Just don't, I, you know, I'll talk to youth. I have no problem talking to youth, but I probably shared very little of that story now. Because if I share that story, all they're gonna think about is the money, all they're gonna think about is all the other stuff, and that might not be helpful to them at this moment. So I do like uh, you know, speaking with other uh, people that were in previous organizations or other type of criminal entity, though. I, I do like speaking with them. Can you talk about the prevention part? Like, what does that mean? Sorry, Dr. Rob. Can you talk about not wanting, you, you don't deal with prevention? Well, the thing is, is that it's not that I don't do. I just, I just know that I'm not really good at it. I'm not, I'm not skilled at the prevention part because in prevention, you got to help people not start, right? Never touch it. 
Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what would have worked for me. You know what I mean? I had a good intact family. I had a lot of this stuff, but look, life is life. And, and you know, sometimes you, you, if you are not well emotionally inside, no matter what your situation is, you can have a great parent set and still get into problems. You could live in a great neighborhood and still get into problems. There's nobody is immune to the possibilities that are out there. But one thing I do know is trauma is indicative. And, and because trauma is one of these things that what I think is traumatic to me may not necessarily be traumatic to you or what I think is abuse may not be abuse to you. It's so subjective yeah. that how do you prevent, how do you go into a room of people and talk about subjective information? You know, because we laugh at it, right? Like somebody stubs their toe and they'll go, oh man, I stubbed my toe. And the other person goes, you think that's fun? Look, I cut my toe off. You know, we're all one up in each other so often. So one person's level of abuse or, or, or problem, you know, they're, we're always measuring it. Like it's not bad enough. So it's really hard to have a prevention conversation to, yeah. to anyone. All, all we can do is like what we do on Dharma time in the council live is we just talk about how to deal with emotions and just how to deal with life problems and, and problem solving skills, because that, that's really the only way that I know that we can do in prevention. It's just, let's teach it really young on how to deal with problems. And I, I don't think any subject is really taboo. I think, I think we should talk about it. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth covering the past, uh, but not living in the past. I mean, a lot of people, that. Day, when I see people there, that they're, they're, they're defined by the, by the past. And they can't move on. Now, when I say that, I always uh, validate myself by saying, hey, this is what I used to do. I'll do a 10-minute talk out of an hour telling me what it used to be like. Then I'm going to yeah. do a 15-minute talk telling you how cool recovery is and how we make this shit look cool. That's one of my biggest things, whatever I speak is, you know, I'm nearly 60. You know, my, my best friend is 32. My, my prime target for, for working with people is teens. And I can't figure that out. And I think it's because we have to make this shit look cool, but we yeah. can't forget the trauma. And I'm glad you I'm glad you, you mentioned that because a lot of people say to me, how do you define trauma? Because it is different for other people. And my answer is always the same. If you have the addictive brain, which I believe you're born with, especially the alcoholic brain, then anything less than nurturing as a child is child abuse. Now, I'm not saying to the parents, you know, you've got to nurture and never be wrong. What I'm saying is we have to identify that so that when the addictive brain hears, get off there, you stupid idiot. You're never clever enough. You can't go to college just like your brother. You're not smart enough. When you hear that, at least we can go back and identify it, which brings me to the million-dollar question as far as I'm concerned, Louis, is have you covered all your past? Have you gone back there to the scene of the crime and cleared all that shit up? Yeah. If, you know, yeah. Have you done everything? I mean, God, you've been so much. Have you done everything? Well, well I can't do everything. You know, there is a part of it that says, you know, unless it's going to harm them or yourself, right? And so there, um, unfortunately, my memories, fortunately and unfortunately, I guess, um, there are some names that I don't remember. Um, there are some, some victims that I just don't remember their names. And, and, and it feels horrible to say that, 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 that although their, their, their situation or our, our connectedness, uh, impacted me so greatly for some reason, I can't remember the name. And I don't know if it's a protective mechanism that just happened way back when, and then I just never carried it on or, or moving forward. But I think it'd be very damaging to me, uh, in some cases to, to, to go back and speak to them damaging to me. And, yeah. and probably damaging to them um, because it, they won't be able to like those people that probably have some hate in their heart and they, they won't be able to hate me the same way or look at me the same way if they get to know how I am now. Yeah. And so I don't know how that'll affect them. You know what I mean? What, what, what I do know is this, I've went back and, and spoken to a lot of people and I feel like the way I'm being used by the God of my understanding is, is that um, if I just keep on helping the next person over and over again, that for some 
some hope that I have that that somehow will, will, will pay back whatever pain I've ever caused on somebody. Because here's the problem. I started so young and recruited so many people like me that some have continued on to this day. So, you know, I'm 50 years old now. So, so the way I look at it is that pain continues to grow and I'm responsible for that. That will never stop. If, 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 if any of those individuals I ever worked with continue to move forward in life and do those things, I'm still responsible, partially at least responsible for that. But that used to weigh on me so heavily. And, and so I wasn't able to, to grow because I was always thinking of myself as a piece of shit. And it was my wife, my, my beautiful wife, Dana, um, that I met when I was 20. When I finally, I, I went to LA and I got clean and sober in LA at 19. And then I, I came over here to Florida at 20. And when I got here to Florida, man, I met Dana uh, pretty quick in and she saved my life, man, because when I talked to her, she saw me differently. She didn't see all that other stuff. Like I would try to tell her so she'd run away and I'd be like, you don't understand. They're coming to get me. They, they, they've already taken my bank accounts. They, they, I mean, the RICO Act is real. I mean, you know what I mean? You don't understand. The federal government's not just going to let me go. They're just going to wait until statute of limitations are just about over and then boom, get me. And so for years, uh, I lived in that fear and that guilt. And, and, and she helped me realize, no, you're actually not that person. And, and, and I used to be offended when she would say that. You know, I would, I would get yeah. mad and she goes, oh, you're not that person. I'd be like... <laughs> What do you mean I'm not that person? Nah, you don't you don't know me. But I finally realized what she meant and, and it took a long time, but it took a lot of humility. And I didn't understand the word humility. Um, I learned that in the rooms and and I and I didn't learn that wow, maybe maybe I'm softer than I than I think. I mean, you know, there's a hardness, but I think that's a protective mechanism. It's not that I'm a hard person, it's it's uh, something inside me and, and something outside of me protected me. From, from having to feel certain emotions. And because I didn't feel certain emotions, I'm able to let a lot of that stuff go and move forward and love people without constantly, you know, mi pecado, mi pecado, you know, in Spanish, you know, the, the Catholic thing of like, I'm this Catholic guilt that I, you know, I got to walk around and hit myself. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I, I just, I just try to do the best thing I can do now. And, and like Aunt, you said- Aunt Wives I mean, amazing though. Aunt Wives amazing. Because you, know, you, amazing. you just brought something up that I, I did. So, so, some guy at one of the meetings where I was, uh, was shouting his mouth off and 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 I'm, I'm going down to speak to him um before i'm leaving the house the wife's go well, listen i don't think you should go you might you might get hurt you know you, you, i don't know what's going to happen i mean you know what if, what if he punches you and stuff and i'm right. thinking really <laughs> really you know he's just like god bless them they don't know you know but i'm the same i, I try to uh, i try to tell her little stories but uh, my my job today is, is to live in the present and protect her yeah and uh, i do a pretty good job today only because I work a program today that allows me to love myself and therefore other people. I mean, I'm just getting over now. And, 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 and me and Jen had this conversation with me when we first met is if you criticize me, you're dead. You're dead to me. Don't even come nowhere near me. You know, I will, I will get you back. Yeah, I will get you back. And I have, I don't mix with anybody. I will never go on anybody's show. You know, don't spend. And, and for for years, or well, 20, 30 years, I don't know how long it's been. I've always been like that. And I don't know if it's my old age or the, or the fact that I'm getting soft. I don't know. But, you know, I posted some on Facebook and it was like all the stuff that I was thinking intimate, like I hate animal abuse and I love flowers in the morning. And oh my God. And that was after a conversation with Jen, but so uplifting jen so uplifting absolutely amazing it's a good oh, life today louis yeah it, it's crazy because all those little softer things and all those little cute things i used to kind of like be annoyed by right i like happy people used to bother the hell out of me like when they'd walk around all happy and be like what the hell are you? <laughs> you know, I, mean? I, I didn't get it i didn't understand it you know what I mean? 
soft colors, happy people smiling. I like everything dark, you know? I, I, I like closing my windows and keep it dark. I like rainy days, I like cloudiness, and I still like all that stuff, to be honest. I still like all that stuff. But I quickly realized that I kinda, in order, it's because when you say work recovery, I, you know, I'm gonna talk about some things that are a little bit different than what maybe people think. For instance, I didn't like sunshine and I like darkness. I like nighttime. I didn't like early day, and, right? I hated all that. So what I did when I got here to Florida, what I do, I bought a convertible because I hate the sun. So I forced myself to, to I'd always have the top down. I forced myself to deal with the heat, which I hated, forced myself to deal with the sun, which I hated to kind of get over it, Louie, you know, shake it off, dude. You know, this is, you know, you, you gotta, people love this shit. And I'm like, What's so beautiful about Florida? Freaking swamps. It's hot. It's sweaty. It's nasty. It, 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 I had to learn to love it. Right. Um, I was uh, uh, some arrogance attached to me. Right. So one time, you know, I had this construction company on the side. And so what I did, I had a truck that had a damaged door and it had a green door on it as one of my construction. I started driving it. I started using it. Why? Because when I drove it and parked in my doctor's parking at my treatment center, people were like, is that your truck? You know, like you're supposed to be in something, a nice vehicle. I was like, yeah, that's my car. And what I noticed is people treat you different when you're driving around a truck with a green door, a white truck with yeah. a green door. I mean, you know, people like are ruder to you. They're like, it's just a whole different vibe. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is humble. This is, this is how I deal with, you know, this is real world, man. You know, you, you so uh, I actually really like that. So I, so I like Camrys. So I bought Camrys from that point forward. And, and I like really plain vehicles most of the time. You know, something that's not too flashy, even though I would love some flashiness. Trust me, I like nice clothes and stuff like that. But but when it comes to stuff that, that, that I probably used to put a lot of value on, I don't I don't I don't put any value on that as just as a part of working my own personal recovery. You know, one of the um, like the greatest thing that ever happened to me was recovery. I mean, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I can never really you know, you can't give somebody else recovery. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. you can that for them and they've got to find that and and to me what recovery has ultimately done it has allowed me to tap into my greatness mm. like who i really am before all this shit happened yeah. before you know and um so i was working with a client the other day speaking of like how you it sounds like you were the way you practice mm -hmm. i had him write um like an ad mm -hmm. of the kind of person that he wants in his life from how he abused himself, mm. right? And so that he could actually like uh, start seeing parts of himself, like would I really wanna do that to myself? Would I really want to bring that into my life? Because ultimately what we do is we just walk around self-flagellating and we continue We continue the process, right? Yeah. When you work, I don't know exactly how you work with people today, Louis, maybe yeah. you can share that, but like mm -hmm. how do you get people to tap into their greatness? Well, you know, that's, that's a really great question as well. Uh, I see why you have her, Dr. Rob. She asked a really good question. <laughs> the, uh, well, first of all, you know, that word bothered me a lot. Um, you're really good, bothered me a lot. Compliments bothered me a lot because, you know, I always felt like there was an internal narrative that I had in my head that was so self-deprecating that, 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 you know, it's like, you just don't know what, what a piece of shit I really am and what I've done. So that's why you think, I'm good or I'm nice or whatever. Um, but here's what I would say to the greatness part is that to somebody else, you know, even though you can't be great to yourself, you can be great to other people. And so you got to appreciate that. You got to be okay with that. That, that. There's something that you can do today that can make you amazing to somebody else. Mm. So if you want to walk around the rest of the day and be like, I'm such a piece of shit, I'm such a piece of shit, just know 
that to somebody else, you're not. To somebody else, you're a lifesaver. To somebody else, you're the most amazing person in the world. To somebody else, you save their life. So, so if, if you're struggling with how you're feeling about yourself, what I tell them is then, then that service work that they're talking about, they're not telling you to go do service work just, just to keep you busy. That's what you're thinking. You're saying, well, if I stay busy, I just won't use shit. Drugs have a way of clearing your schedule real quick. So, so don't ever think that you can get too busy to go get high because you will, you will eventually not be busy. And, and it, I wanted to be good in silence. I wanted to feel comfortable in silence and being alone and all the things that, that would normally scare you or frighten you or concern you. So what I say is you do service work because if you can't be great for yourself and you can't appreciate how good you are, then go to somebody else and, and, and live through their eyes a little bit and you'll see just how good you really are. And eventually that's faking it till you make it. Eventually, hopefully you'll start believing them. And that's what happened. I eventually started believing people. So I may not think I'm great or anything like that, but, and, and Dr. Rob, you can appreciate this. And looking at a, a lot of the other clowns out there that I think are trying to do the right thing and see how shitty they do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty damn good at what I do then. You know, and you gotta, you gotta just own it then. And you're like, you know what? That's it's it. All right. It's all right that to have has a little bit of it. Yeah, there has yeah. to be a point where you go, yeah, I am not good. You know, yeah. I got a two part question for you, Lou, and I'm really interested in your, in your answers because I know that I suffer from both. The first one, Doing what you do or doing what we, we all do um, in the situations when we're using drinking uh, and then and then doing what we do today, which whether we like it or not, we're, we're, we're famous for what we do. We're in right. the public eye. We're well known. OK, um, do you ever get the imposter syndrome where you don't think you should be there or if they only found out when they're really me? Or do you ever get guilty about that when you stood up on a stage in front of a bunch of kids or at a dinner where you're raising money and go, holy shit, I, I, I shouldn't be here? Again, initially, yes. Thankfully, I mean, I guess it's just time. Time really does work, by the way. You know, if you ever think time doesn't work, uh, it really does. I have 31 years sober. I got 29 years in the business. I've been on the air now 21 years talking about this. That means I put myself out there in, on a platform that allowed people to look at me and go, hey, you're supposed to be in silence. You're supposed to be in the closet. You're supposed to be anonymous. You're not supposed to be sharing this. And I took that on and I said, I don't agree with that. And, and I'm not telling you to out yourself. I'm outing myself. Yeah. So you go ahead and do you and I'm going to do me because I think there's a lot of people out there that need to know it's OK to recover out loud as well. And if all of us don't recover out loud, I mean, if we all stay silent and in the closet, how does that work for gay people? That didn't work for them. Well, it's not going to work for me. I'm coming out of the closet. So 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 when, in taking what you say initially, that's exactly how I felt, because. There's a lot of people out there that know the material really well. And you've ran into yeah. them, man. They're the big yeah. book Nazis. You know, I had some yeah. sponsors that could go on page 57 this and page 32 this. And this line <laughs> says this. And they can, they can quote all kinds of shit. And, and you know, there's people as therapists and counselors. They, they just, they, you know, they know, you know, I know the basics. You know, I mean, I know what they taught me, but I'm not so in detail. Like when people go, oh, that's very Rogerian. You know, they start talking. Yeah, really. So, so initially, that's what concerned me. It's not necessarily that, that I was an imposter, but I don't think I'm smart enough or knowledgeable enough to be considered the expert, you know? So, because real early on, as soon as you, look, man, you know this, as soon as you do TV, or as soon as you do radio, next thing you know, every news channel is calling you. Every time there's an addiction story, the news has me on. And so people hated that initially because here's this 20-something-year-old guy back then going on the news. I've been, I've been doing news segments since since I've been doing radio, you know, as the expert. 
And man, these people that were out there for 20, 30 years are like, well, how the hell is he's an expert? This guy, you know, I was sober before he was even pissing yellow. Like, what's it? You know, and it, so that made me feel a little uncomfortable. The fact that well, I don't know as much as that person. But what I found out was it's not necessarily what you know. It's through what you say, can you inspire change? Yep. Can you inspire a thought process that is necessary to move on to the next moment in life? Can you help someone build up their own personal courage so they too can say, you know what, if that, if that dude can do it, I think I can do it. You know, if that dude can feel like that about himself and, and he's so brutally honest like that, well, then maybe I can be brutally honest and, and do that. If he can appreciate life, maybe I can appreciate life. So what I learned quickly is I don't have to be the expert that I thought I needed to be. I didn't have to be the, 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 the performer or the thing I thought I had to be. I just have to just go out there and be brutally honest and take that risk. What, what the fuck I got to lose? I got shit to lose. What are you going to do? Lock me up? What are you going to do? Imprison me? What, do you, what, are, what is this Christmas going to do to me? Right. This, this world can't do shit to me that I haven't done to myself. Right. It just can't. So this, that no fear attitude is, is beautiful because whereas – you know, I look at it almost like evil Knievel kept jumping, even though he knew eventually you're going to fall. So, yeah, eventually you're going to go out there with a microphone and you're going to stand on a stage. You're going to be on a platform and you're just, and you're going to go blank. And that's happened where I'm talking all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, shit. What the hell was I just saying? That's going to happen. Who gives a shit? Just admit your faults because we're in a time now. Here's the beautiful thing, Dr. Rob. We're in a time now where being flawed is actually better yeah. than being perfect. And, and, and so it's, it's more identifiable, identifiable to people. And, and uh, you know, it, that, uh, what do you call it? That um, uh, vulnerability. Vulnerability is the new sexy. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so where I, like, you. yeah, well, we used to have yeah. to just be macho. And I, look, I come from a time where it was just all about machismo. And I kind of like that, to be honest yeah. with you. I'm glad I'm 50 where, where everybody's getting oh, so, yeah. so soft. Because I'm not ready for all that total no. softness. But, but. I do believe the vulnerability is the new sexy. And so for the new people coming up, let them be that kind of counselor. Let them be that kind of speaker. Yeah. And I'm going to stay to my kind of people and my kind of thing. And, and here's the thing, Dr. Rob, I don't try to please everybody. I don't yeah. think about the audience I'm speaking to. I get that a lot. They go, well, well, what's, what's the demographic this and what's the demographic? I said, look, I don't know. I, how about I'll just do my thing and whatever yeah. demos come out with it, then that's the demos that come out with it. I'll let the producers and directors and the graphic artists and all that stuff. You do your thing how you want to do it. I'm going to stay as old fashioned as I am, because let me tell you who saved my life. It was an old guy from World War II, old white man. I was in a room full of old white men talking about World War II stories. And I was a 20 year old Mexican kid sitting in a meeting going, I don't relate to these people at all. And guess what? I'm alive today doing well. Thanks to them. Um, Dr. Rob, before you uh, start signing off, I wanted to say that like one of the things that I always say is that I really believe that us in recovery are really the chosen people. I've always said that, I feel that way. There's something about our brains that make us, we're not special, but we're special. Um, but what I really wanted to say to the both of you is that if you saw yourselves the way Jesus saw you, mm. you would kiss your own feet. Oh. Wow, that's yeah, powerful. Yeah, I believe that. Woo, I'm, that's, that is powerful. Do you know what, do you know what, I've got to tell you, Louis, every time we, we do this, she always comes out with some crazy stuff that makes me think all day that makes me a better person. And mm -hmm. I, if you would have asked me like a year ago, okay, you're going to be on a show with a girl you don't really know yeah. who's going to educate you. I'd say bullshit. I don't, first of all, I'm going to show with nobody. I don't, I don't go out there. I hate treatment centers. I hate people in treatment centers. Stay the fuck away from me, you know, but now everything's changed. 
So for all those guys out there who like the real me, send your message to um, yeah. Jennifer saying thank you. <laughs> You know, hey guys, listen, Louis. I want I want to speak about real quick about the uh, that uh, Hopeathon. Talk okay. about I put, I put the website across the the Hopeathon.com. Listen to this, guys. You're going to absolutely love this. Yeah, the Hopeathon is awesome because you know with with everything going on as far as everything went virtual, right? So our whole life got turned upside down. You know, we couldn't do our regular recovery walk in Orange County, and I've, I've been I've been going to our Orange County recovery walk for 20 years. This is our 20th anniversary. So 19 years, uh, this is our 20th anniversary. And I've been sitting on that, that, that board and then, uh, it was going to get canceled. So then we talked about, well, what about, you know, I've always had this fascination with, with Jerry Lewis did, you know, as a little kid, I remember seeing this guy that, so when you're real little, he was making you laugh and he's doing all these goofy things. And then all of a sudden one day out of the year, he gets all serious, talks very different. And he, and he has all his friends show up, artists, actors, he calls in every favor he can ask is what it looked like. And for 24 hours, this guy was on there and he was talking about muscular dystrophy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Jerry Lewis, muscular dystrophy, Jerry's kids, Google that shit. So when I would watch it, I would say, man, he starts off in that tuxedo. And then by the end of it, it's all, it's all pulled out. You know, you can tell he's all tired, but the deal was that this guy held that, that position for 24 hours. He stayed up for 24 hours to do that thing. And I was always in awe about that. And then when it went away, when he stopped doing it, what kid knows, if I ask my kids what muscular dystrophy is, they don't know what muscular dystrophy is. They know what autism is. They know what all that stuff is, but they know nothing about muscular dystrophy. So well, I, I, it got in my head early on. I was like, I want that. I want to be the Jerry Lewis of addiction recovery. So the Hopeathon, it's going to start now. 24 hours. It's uh, September 26th. We're calling it End Dependence Day. That's right. End Dependence mm -hmm. Day. September 26th. For 24 hours from the beginning of of September 26th to the end of uh, September 26th. That's midnight to midnight. We're going to be live on the air. Now, I just got a beautiful thing. I was on Orange TV for seven years. It's a local TV station here in, in Orlando. They're actually, they said, we're going to broadcast it 24 hours. Come into our studio. This is your home. Have it here. So I'm going to be broadcast, or we are going to be broadcasting for 24 hours live from the Orange TV studios here in Orange County. And then it's going to be streamed on YouTube. It's going to be streamed on Facebook Live. It's going to be streamed anywhere it can be streamed live for 24 hours. We're going to have you, Dr. Rob. You're going to be on the now. You, Jennifer, you're going to be on now. Jennifer Lovely is now included. We're going yes. to have entertainers from all over the place. We have so many guests. Uh, go to thehopeathon.com. You'll see a list of guests right there. My beautiful friend, uh, Daryl Strawberry, which I hated why he played baseball because he was on the Mets. He was on the, the, the Yankees. He was on uh, the Dodgers, all the teams that would beat my Phillies and Pirates. So I didn't like it. But, but. In sobriety, we became beautiful friends, and, and he's one of my best friends. And so he's going to be with us. Pinklin Thomas, two-time world heavyweight champion of the world, lost to Mike Tyson, but shit, how many of you can even say you fought Mike Tyson? So I have so many of my friends that are going to come on, like you, Dr. Rob, entertaining us. I think I heard you're going to play some guitar. Would love that. Um, there's so many musical guests that you're going to be surprised to see uh, just a little song from them. So if any of you out there have ever tinkered with any kind of artistic expression because artistic expression is how we reveal our emotions and how we let go of our emotions. That's the, that's our, you know, if you have a pressurized system, everything pressurized has a release valve. Your release valve is your, pre is, is your artistic expression. So if you have that, or if you have a little message of hope, then please submit it to me, reach out to me and submit me, uh, you know, do it horizontally on your phone, horizontally, don't do it up and down horizontally videotape that shit, send it to me. Find me. I'm at the dope doctor. You can find me right here on Facebook. You can find me in Instagram. You can find me Twitter. Everywhere. Send it to me and we will use it. Thehopeathon.com. Join us that day. Share it. It's all about hope. And here's the most important thing, Dr. Rob, and I'm, I'm sure I'm running out of time, but, but 
this is the last important thing. All too often, when we're represented on television, when we're represented on radio, people, we are, we are only talked about when we're dying, when we're killing somebody, when we're raping somebody, when we're hurting people, when we're going to prison, when we're going to jail, when we're doing something ridiculous. And then we get clean and sober, and then we're not even in the news anymore because it's not sexy for them. So yeah. we're not going to do – this Hopathon is not going to and, – and I'm sorry because I, I live for everybody that's ever died from, from this disease. However, the Hopathon is not about that. It's not for those that have died from the disease. It's those that lived and died with the disease. And so we need to show that we do recover. 24 hours of hope because we do recover. And I'm asking anybody out there that wants to recover out loud with me, please go to thehopeathon.com and tell me, register and say, I want to recover out loud with you. I, this, is, I, this is my little message of hope that I want to videotape. How do I do it? How do I submit it? Ask me and I'll answer you. I want everybody that wants to recover out loud with me for that day. It's Independence Day. We do recover and our moms and dads need to know, can I get my mom back? Can I get, I mean, can I get my son back? Can I get my daughter back? Yes, you fucking can. And we can all do it together. So thanks very much. I appreciate it. Jennifer. Yeah. Um, I'm Verklimp. Yeah. Thank you. Powerful thank stuff. You. Thank, thank you. you so much for coming on the show. Thehopeathon.com guys. We're going to end dependence day. You can recover 100% and have an amazing life after. You're going to see a bunch of stuff on there for 24 hours. You're going to see some inspiring stuff. I'm, I didn't know this, Jennifer. He threw me in last week when he told me that apparently I'm going to be singing. So yep. I'm going to be singing uh, an, a, a recovery song about addiction. And if you listen to the words, it'll be freaking awesome. I'm going to bring the band in the studio. I'm going to do it live on air for you. Uh, I hold my guitar up some years ago after Abbey Road, but I'm going to get back and we're going to do it. It's going to be a freaking awesome show. Louis, thank you so much indeed for, for joining us. Always a pleasure, man. I get excited every time I hear your name, man, because there's not many real deals out there. Do you know what I mean? And Jennifer, yeah. will tell you, I don't mix with anybody. You know, I don't call them friends. Yeah. I, I call you a personal friend, man, because you're fucking in there doing this shit. You're not talking about it. You and the Dharma guy, every single week, you're blasting out this stuff. And it's just like... Man, I, I just want to thank you, man, for what you do, man. You bring me to Amen, tears, guy. You bring me to tears because you're so passionate that, wow, just thank you, man. Thank you so much thank indeed. You. Thank you very much. You know, you, you, you made a comment. You said you can get your mom back. You can get your brother back. You can get your son and your daughter back. And I am living proof that you can get your children back. So I go to the Hopathon, support the dope doctor, support Dr. Rob, support all of us, because this is important. We need to end the stigma and we need to end this disease. I mean, we're never going to end it, but we need to support it. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, definitely put a dent in that. Guys, we're going to be back, back in a second. We're going to be asking a question on something that Louis just shared. We're going to be answered. We're going to give you the question after the break. When I come back, you can win some T-shirts. You can win some two amazing books out there, mine and Jennifer's. And uh, it's just going to be amazing. Stick around for a second. For now, thank you to Dope Talks and Louis Delgado. What an amazing guy. So blessed. Don't forget the hopeathon.com. Guys, stick around. We'll be back in two seconds. you got to tell you that while we're talking there, the dope doctor hit some figures at the top there we've never had before. There were people listening from all over the world. It was just phenomenal to watch him coming in. Still a bunch of guys listening now. That's the dope doctor, the hopeathon.com 
What an amazing guy. Absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed that, Jan. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun and so much energy behind it. Like that's that's what we need in the world. It is. Okay. Greatness. Yes, definitely. Empowered people empower people. That's yes. what I got told. That was an empowered person. Okay, it's question time, guys. Here's the question. Louis Delgado, the dope doctor, was sat in a room full of old guys from which war? Louis Delgado, the dope doctor, got well by listening to a bunch of old guy that fought in a war. Which war was it? There's two books, Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking, and The Addiction Diaries, two amazing best-selling books that you can buy. We'll autograph them, and we'll send them to you. If you need a T-shirt, send me an email. I'll send you one free of charge and uh, everything uh, everything else that you need. Maybe some face masks, you never know. What a great show, Jen. That was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for, like, I'm glad that this worked out the way it worked out. It's right? funny because uh, we, we've, as you know, we're booked up until December, I think. I just looked at him December and uh, Louis has to come on. He was like, oh, can't get you on until like January. And then a cancellation coming, which obviously was sad about. Uh, but uh, yeah, Louis jumped on. It was awesome. So guys, every Wednesday at uh, 9 a.m. Central Time, New guests each week, new giveaways. We're talking about the stuff that people are only thinking about. Remember that. We're talking about it. We're, we're raw. We're live. And uh, we're here. Have you got any questions? Send them in to us, guys. We're on all the platforms. Dr. Rob Kelly and Jennifer Lovely, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, LinkedIn. You can find us all. Google our names. You'll see it all over the place. RobKelly.com is the website. JenniferLovelyCoaching.com is the website. We've just started an, uh, an entity together which is a force of nature, two great minds coming together with experience from all sides of recovery uh, and, and the addiction itself. It's a coaching program. Look out for that. Jenny, give us the website for that. Yes, Recover Me Coaching. And um, the good news is, is that right after this show, Dr. Rob and I have a live Zoom call that we're inviting people to. If you want to spend six months with us, doing some really, finding your greatness. We talked about our greatness earlier today and it's really about finding your greatness. What is next? What does your heart deeply desire? That's what we're all after. We want to change your story, not only about yourself, but how you relate to the rest of the world. And guys, you, you obviously you listen to me. On, I was on Facebook, so if you're on if you're on my Facebook page, send me a message real quick. I'll send you the link to the Zoom. It's happening in about thirty five minutes time. If you want to better your life, and I mean better your life, I don't just mean go to these you know happy clappy people and and, and take a met. If you want to better your life, we're guaranteeing this, guys. If you want to better your life, you need to jump on this. I'm going to cost you anything. Just listen to what we have to say, and you'll find it's absolutely amazing. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Guest was absolutely awesome. The giveaways are here waiting for you. Guys, I want to say thank you from me. Same time next week, 9 a.m. Wednesday. Every Wednesday, me and Jen will be here as usual. Breaking Through Addiction is the show. And once again, thank you so much. Thank you. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to comcastbusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.